Tonight, once again, and I believe for the last time in this series, the apocalypsis, the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of an Antichrist, not the revelation of a tribulation, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. A fuller picture than perhaps we see anywhere else in Scripture, the, the fullness of which would, would cause the man that was so dear to him that reclined against him at the Last Supper to fall at his knees as though dead. Words that are trustworthy and true. And so, it began like this in chapter 1. <coughs> Verse 9, when the revelator says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus was on the island called Patmos on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. And the hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. And his eyes were like a flaming fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in the furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore the things that you have seen those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And so, 22 chapters later... we come to what the scholars will call the epilogue. Here you see Christ in chapter 1 telling John what he's about to see and what to do with it. And here in chapter 22 you see Christ telling John what he has seen and what he should do with it. And he said to me, verse 6, these words are trustworthy and true. 
And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent His angel to show His servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. This isn't part of the notes, but if if I can digress for a moment. I find verse 8 to be incredibly profound. You know, we talk about how things that maybe would not be as much of a sacrifice in some circumstances become a greater sacrifice in others. John's an old man. He's well into his 90s. And he's lived... He's lived the kind of life that leaves you looking like a piano with a couple of keys missing. When he said, I am your partner in the tribulation. You understand that at this point, every single other man that he walked with Christ with is dead. They've killed them all. He's the only one left. And, and I don't know what kind of memories you make. I think, I think we've got an idea based on walking in the Spirit. But once you've seen Peter walk on the water, once you've seen Lazarus raised, once... You've seen the transfiguration and the glory of Christ unveiled. Those are things that you don't ever forget. They've killed them all at this point. They tried to kill John multiple times. They did their best they could to deep fry him. I remember when I was a kid, you know, they talk about being boiled in oil or whatever, and and, uh, and uh, I'd never seen oil boil before. And I asked my dad about it. He said, "Son, it, it, it's like when you deep fry catfish. <laughs> God just wouldn't let him die because of this." And his world has been shrunk down to the Isle of Patmos, which if you look it up on the internet, is just a piece of coral that sticks out of the sea. And so, on, uh, in one respect, you know, and if the Lord lets me live to, to Janice Franklin and Mama Francis's age and condition, I pray that this is the case. I pray that I can do it then and not just talk about it now. But 
in, in one respect, his world has become very small and very hard. Look, Roman-era prison colonies, they didn't have cable. And yet what is laid before him is infinite in Christ. White hair and a golden sash, eyes like a flame of fire. And so, out here on this rock, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. Go back to the first chapter with me just for a second. Verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a voice like a trumpet saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. Fast forward to verse 17. And then I saw Him And I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. Therefore, write the things that you have seen. Now, past tense. Before... It, it comes across as, as the present tense in, in the English. It, it's not. The, the Greek is a, is a snapshot kind of verb that just gathers it all up into one ball of wax. But when you get, when you get to verse 19, it's past tense. Everything in the Revelation that comes after verse 19 John saw apparently in a moment sometime between then and verse 11. Scholars debate um, especially critical text scholars debate about the authorship of Revelation because there are things in it that do not seem to fit with John's writing style compared with his gospel and his three epistles. Apart from Paul, he's one of the most formal writers of the New Testament. Um, He has a very particular style. And while that is... While that style is definitely there in the Revelation, there's also things that seem to be uh, hurried, rushed, and urgent. And it's because he was in a hurry and he was rushing because it was urgent. Can you imagine trying to drink out of that fire hose? 
just blow your lips off, man. Write what you see. Write what you've seen. You know, most of the time my dreams are, are pretty mundane. I have a lot of stress dreams where I'm trying to fix something that's broken and there's never the right part or never the right tool. You know, the kind where you need an 11-millimeter socket and you can find the 10 and you can find the 12, but there's no 11 anywhere in the box. That kind. I have dreams that I'm at Walmart shopping and then wake up and I still have to go to Walmart and shop. But every now and then, man, every now and then you have one of those cool dreams. Like the ones that are fun, you know, that like you used to have when you were a kid. Or you're in the car and the, and the accelerator's stuck down and you just got to keep driving, you know. Or, or, or the, I used to have the jumping dream when I was a kid. Every now and then you get one of those where, where it's like, you know, moon grabbing kind of deal. And you can, you can really, you can't fly, but almost. <laughs> right? And you wake up and you have one of those cool dreams and you wake up and, and, and you do everything you can to remember and to kind of catalog what that was because you know for a fact that in five minutes if you don't it's gone it's alpha waves versus beta waves it's going to go away if you don't catalog it you see some of that in John you see that urgency to get it down on the page write what you've seen and buddy you've seen a lot and so he does I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down and worshipped at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Guys, I gotta tell you. Oh boy, I'm off the notes. Okay. I gotta tell you. If you can inspire a 90 plus year old apostle who has seen and done the things that John has seen and done, and who has bore witness to the things that he saw Christ do, if you can inspire him to fall down and worship, you are one mean cat. And he looks at him and says, Stand up. Don't do that. We're playing the same game. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. I fear that as Christians today that we do not understand the arena in which we play. I remember uh, one year, um, and I, I don't remember what year it was, uh, but I remember one year going down to, to Little Rock to watch the Bulldogs play in the state championship and they won. You know, 
uh, and we were we were driving away and listening to it on the you know listening to the commentary on the radio uh, that came after the game and and uh, one of the commentators uh, said and everybody knows who it is who's known for hyperbole and getting in front of himself he said I don't think the Arkansas Razorbacks could have handled the Bulldogs today. Arkansas Razorbacks would have sent the Bulldogs to the hospital before the first quarter was over. And if you put them up against the Dallas Cowboys, they'll send them to the hospital before the first quarter's over. Man, you've got this angel that the Apostle John himself is tempted to fall. Well, he's not tempted to. He does fall down in worship. And he's like, what are you doing, dude? We're on the same team. We're in this together. I think we don't realize. When we talk about the Gospel, when we talk about the cross, when we talk about the apocalypse is the revelation of Jesus Christ. I don't think we're real. And I'm, I'm talking to me because I'm trying to grasp for it and I think I don't really know what I'm into. And Paul said we wouldn't. He said we wouldn't know until we see him face to face. We know enough for today. We're not ignorant. But if we think we've got this deal tied up with a ribbon on top, (laughs) the unfallen angels, the apostles, the prophets, those who keep the words of this book. For one who has been dispatched directly from the throne itself, that's a bold statement to wind up into one ball of wax. And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. And this is very different from what he said the last time this book was opened in Daniel. And he did tell him to seal it up. But now don't, because the time is near. And let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Why? Because the one which both the angel and John worship has ordained it to be so. And in Christ, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me. Notice he doesn't say he's bringing his salvation with him. He's bringing reckoning. You like Tombstone? I do. I mean, you know, Val Kilmer is one of those actors that's either hit or miss, and Tombstone was a hit right out of the park. There's a statement in that movie that I've always loved. At the end, he says, man, it's all about revenge. He says, it ain't about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Setting something that is wrong to the right 
It's what we're looking at in Judges on Wednesday nights. The concept of the Hebrew word there is so different from what is normally used for judgment to divide the right from the wrong. Instead, it means those that cause to be. And here you see Christ in His, in his judgment bringing His recompense, causing what ought to be to be. I bring my recompense with me. You know why He doesn't, you know why he doesn't say He brings His salvation with Him? is because He's already doing that. In this day, He balances the other side of the ledger. To repay each one for what He has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The gospel is evident in the genealogy of Christ, as we said this morning. in that the genealogy itself is the proof for the necessity of the Gospel. And so here you have Jesus Christ at the last revelation before before His return, knowing all of the stuff that was in that genealogy from Matthew chapter 1, knowing all of the things that David did And he says, I'm his descendant. And that's okay because I'm also his root. David could be what he was and still lead to the ordained eventuality of me in my coming because it was me who redeemed him from the beginning. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates for outside are the dogs and sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bride and morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I pray that we don't take the age of grace for granted. Now is the time. Now is the time to come. For the Spirit and the Bride say come. Let the one who hears say come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price 
I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen.